la la la. Acapella. <laughs> la 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 la. Are we on? Fit? Did I do this right? Hold on. Looks like you did. Look. I don't know though. Oh, I don't have this on. Oh, are you kidding me? All right. All right. It is. It is being last. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what the what the internet powers will do to us? We're all gonna get there. We're all gonna eventually. get there eventually. I think we we're on live. Oh, here we go. I gotta get rid of that. All right. I didn't have the music to cover up all those mistakes because <laughs> last week Facebook said I don't that it's copyrighted music. I go, yes, I know I own the copyright. <laughs> but anyways, hey, this is not usually our, our regular whiskey Wednesday because it's Friday, August 5th, correct? Fifth. Yep. So um this is Fantastic Friday. And I got some great, great people with us today. We're gonna get to you guys want to try some whiskey? Yeah. So when I say go. that, see how much more loud they yeah. sounded? It was like, oh my, oh my God, it's whiskey. All right, so we're gonna try some whiskey tonight. And I have the the guys from Impex are here tonight. Most of you guys know Jay. You're gonna you, you, you know Joshua. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. But we're wow. but we're we're introducing a new whiskey tonight. Right. It's not even in the States yet. Right. No, not it. All right. I hadn't met Madhu, but I let me am I I am right. The sign's <laughs> wrong. And the sign they and by the way, the name they gave me when I set everything up was wrong. Yeah. So I'm I listen, I, there's a I've made a ton of mistakes. Ask my wife. She'll tell you how many mistakes <laughs> I've made. But I did not make this mistake. So tell us about tell us about your new whiskey first of all before we even start tasting anything. Tell us about this new whiskey that's going to be coming in from India. Right. Um, uh, first of all, good evening uh, for people uh, here and those people. Oh, it's worldwide. Uh, Everybody and, and watches worldwide, this on right, Facebook. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. It's like yes, it's billions of there. people. So good evening. Good morning. <laughs> my mom. My mom. Randall's <laughs> mom. My wife doesn't watch though. Yeah. So good evening. Good morning, wherever you are, and good evening for the people over here. Uh, thanks so much for taking time and being here. Uh, firstly, so uh, talking about uh, Indri, it's a new single malt from India, um, pretty new, uh, as new as probably nine months old. Um, wow. So uh, we have launched it in India first and then taken it worldwide. Um, so we launched it in India in November 2021. And uh, our consignment uh, to the US uh, is arriving to the Impex warehouse. Uh, it was supposed to arrive on the 4th of July, then push to 25th of July, now push to 20th of August. So I, we don't know when it's going to come, but it's going to be here soon. And uh, this is a bottle that, uh, you know, I hand carried and brought with me all the way from India so that you could taste it. So it's contraband. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So it, it's a new single malt. It's an inaugural, uh, the first expression from our distillery, um, which is called Spicadley. And it's based out of a place called uh, a place uh, probably a three and a half hours drive uh, from Delhi. If you go up north towards Punjab, uh, that's how it's called over here. Over the last one week, I've been pronouncing it as Punjab, but actually back in India, we pronounce it as Punjab. Um, so when you guys drive... got the difference, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we drive from Delhi to uh, towards Chandigarh, uh, which is the, sh the common capital of two states, uh, there's a deviation. There's a small little village, um, a quaint little village called Indri. And uh, since our distillery is based out of this village, uh, we decided to name uh, the brand after the village where the distillery is located. So what 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 madness overtook you? when you decided that, you know, it would be really good. Let's 
let's launch a distillery in India. What like because it, you have to have something wrong in your head wow. to want. <laughs> and if you don't, you find out very quickly when you start building a distillery that there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. It's it's, it's crazy to do it. And but what was the inspiration for you guys to to sort of put this whole thing together? Oh, I think. Uh... It was just a natural progression for a company like the Piccadilly Group, which has got its vested interests in a lot of other conglomerates or a lot of other businesses. So one of the one of the bigger things that the uh, group does is uh, sugar manufacturing. Okay. Uh, so there are a lot of sugar cane fields in India, and sugar is something that is sugar cane is something which is a native crop of India. So um, so sugar manufacturing is there, and uh, further progression into making ethanol. Okay. And uh, ENA, extra neutral alcohol. Uh, so we do um, we do all these things. And um, in India, uh, if you if you just look back, uh, distilleries have um, distilling is not just about copper pot still distilling and um, you know maturing it in oak barrels. Uh, a lot of Indian made foreign liquor. That's what we call as the category in India is called as IMFL, Indian made foreign liquor, which is a whiskey, brandy, rum, vodka, gin, whatever it is is basically largely, used to be largely, just a molasses-based spirit, which is the rum spirit, mm-hmm. to which a lot of flavors and colors are added. Uh, and the spirit, which is basically extra neutral alcohol at 92% or something, is lowered to 40, 42%, and then bottled so that people could consume it. Right. And basing on which, if you wanted a whiskey, you had a whiskey flavor with caramel in it, or you <laughs> wanted a gin, you had a juniper yeah. flavors with, uh, you know, um, I think that's how they make Xarex. <laughs> just like whatever flavor you want, you're going to get. You're going to get. You're going to get. And we're just going to, you're going to produce this. Yeah. Chemistry is a wonderful thing. I mean, you can do a lot of these things that are fairly close. So, you know, it, depending on the price point and depending on how it's being consumed and, and a lot, for a lot of people, it really doesn't, it doesn't matter. As long as they're getting that, that basic flavor, they're pretty happy. They're pretty happy. But now you decided like, no, we're really going to do this. Right. So even today, a part of uh, the distillery that we have back in India makes a country liquor. We call it as a country liquor, which is basically um, a, a extra neutral alcohol with sugar, uh, with a little bit of flavors. It can be an orange flavor or any flavor. And then that's sold in this respective state. Right. So we do 500,000 uh, cases of the wow. country liquor every month. Every uh, month, every month, uh, in our distillery, <laughs> that's 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 like a separate operation that yeah. happens um, by the side. But then, over the last twenty years, India has moved from uh, that base liquor to premiumization. So when I say premiumization, uh, people are appreciating spirits more. People are understanding spirit more. Uh, so there is a some great gin distilleries in India at the moment. Um, what used to be pure uh, sugarcane molasses based spirit with flavors moved to something like grain spirit with um, malt spirit being added to. Okay. So imported Scottish malts being added to. So you basically spirit. make it like blended whiskey. So you're taking both and you're, you're yeah, doing absolutely. column still and then you're doing pot still absolutely. and single, basically single malt and putting them together. Right, right. Okay. So our distillery um, f- started with copper pot still distillation and maturing, um, you know, single malts in. Uh, I mean, uh, the malt spirit in oak barrels about 10 years back. And we are India's largest uh, independent manufacturer and seller of bulk malt spirit. Okay. We've been doing that for almost seven, eight years now and uh, selling our bulk malt spirit to almost almost every other distillery in India so that they could blend it with their grain spirit uh, instead of substituting a Scottish malt. 
Okay. And uh, we have, even today, a lot of distilleries buy from us. So a natural progression for us was to launch, having 40,000 barrels sitting in our warehouse, uh, doing some wonderful spirit. Uh, we thought it would be great to launch our own single malt whiskey. And that's how Henry came into being. So wh- where are you getting, where are you, and, and like, which one is it? Is it number one? No, it's number five. Number five. Yeah, we're oh, we're oh, going to oh, end with. Oh, you want to end there? Well, we can start there. Well, I just so. want somebody, yeah, but he's talking about it. Someone's well, going to try it. Can we do that? All right. So we're going to, so on your, on. <laughs> <laughs> we could do, oh, we could? Sure. I can pour it around. Okay. So let's do number five. Number five is your whiskey, right? Yes. Am I correct on this? Number five is. Oh, yeah. That's it. All right. So, Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, he's going to bring us another one. So, you can, you're going to be, I was going to be able to taste this one. All right. We're going to bop around tonight. So, but I wanted to try it. So, where, so where are you getting, where are you getting the the malt from? The barley is grown in India. India has been growing barley for, um, for about hundreds of years. It's a, it's a local crop that's grown in a, in a state called Rajasthan in India. That's where a large portion of the barley grows. Punjab also grows uh, a lot of barley, but the variety of barley that is grown in India is very different from the variety that's grown in uh, in Europe or in Europe. So it's not, it's not basically like concerto or anything like that. Right. It's completely it, different. Yeah, it's a completely Indian barley, which is a six row barley. Six row, wow. Yeah, yeah, so um, the European barley is usually a two row barley. Right. Now the difference between a two row and a six row barley is on, uh, you know, the six row barley, the husk is, the husk, there's a lot of husk to the barley. So the grain inside the husk is very small. Uh, so we have more proteins and lesser starch uh, in the- So it takes, it takes a lot more to make, it takes a lot more of that type of mo- of grain to make more basically whis- whiskey, whiskey. Yes, whiskey. The, e- the yield per ton- Yeah, of, yield per ton is yield lower. Yield per ton is lower as compared to a, a, a two row barley. Right. Uh, but what it helps us is to get a liquid that is very viscous, and uh, very oily and buttery on the palate. Um, the character that we get from a six-row barley is different from that of a two-row right. barley. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it impacts and matters a lot. And you can feel that as you're tasting, you can feel that the, the liquid is quite buttery on the palate and stays on the palate for some time before it just goes down. Right. Do you, you know, uh, Joshua, you deal with a lot of places around the world, I know, with impacts and stuff like that. Is there any there? Because I know there's a couple different places. I know like um, Westland is 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 has been messing around with some basically like um, uh, what, we, what we call uh, heirloom varietals and yeah, stuff sure. like that. But yeah. is there anybody using like that, that like a six row? Do you, that you know of. yeah it's it's been done uh, a few times with brook Lottie. some yeah. of their they've done beer barley right um aaron did it a while okay. they would source their beer barley from actually from the from the orkney isles right and so it happens here and there it's a hardier it's a hardier um it's a hardier barley, barley. but it's also a harder barley to deal with it's right. a it's a real pain in the butt and i had asked madhu about that it, and it sounds as if you understand the problems and you've overcome them. And, and if they're producing this much spirit and yeah. stuff that they're doing, they get this stuff down. Oh, yeah. I mean, that yeah. they're producing. Yeah. I mean, your company is producing a lot of alcohol. There's no doubt about that. So, I mean, you know, to dial stuff in for them is 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 old hat now. You know, even, even, you know, you talk about well, because, you know, what we're talking about is we're talking about like a new a new a new distillery that comes online. It, unless somebody really knows what they're doing has been in this business a while. That dial in, uh, we were just talking about this earlier, that dialing it in and what you're going to produce really can take quite a bit of time. But you guys having having all of this knowledge under your belt to do this distillery 
I think yeah. I think uh, we must owe it to the people. It's not going to be. It was not an easy journey. I'm sure uh, there mm-hmm. are different trials and errors. A lot of things that must have happened. Uh, but then uh, I think uh, I think right from day one, it was not that we did the two row bali and then moved to a six row bali. Right. Right from day one, we are doing a six row bali, and uh, the capacity, especially for our malt, malt plant, if you see. Um, we have one of the best capacities in India, I would say. Um, uh, we have six stills, uh, three wash stills and three spirit stills. The wash stills are about 25,000 liters each. The spirit stills are about 15,000 liters each. And we distill about 12,000 liters of malt spirit every day uh, and uh, 4 million liters of malt spirit every year. I don't think people realize how much, you know, of all the different types, I don't think people realize how much alcohol India actually produces. Because it's everybody doesn't sort of think that way, you know. Because they think a lot of times of of uh, the Indian consumer liking like um, scotch and and blended scotch and and a lot of imports come in there. But I think it fe- I think we fail to realize how much alcohol is actually produced there, produced and consumed as and consumed. Yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> naturally, naturally. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 I wish I could have got you know in in the state where I come from, alcohol in India is not a federal. There's nothing that the federal uh, government or the central government we call in India has to do with alcohol. So every state uh, in India has its own laws and regulations when it comes to alcohol, because I think about 25 to 30 percent of the state's revenue come from the tax that they get (laughs) from the alcohol industry. Right. Uh, There are dry states like Gujarat is a dry state. uh, Right. there are, dry states. there are many more states who are contemplating to be dry states, but they can't literally be because you're going to cut a huge revenue out of your uh, thing across. Um, so the legislations are literally determined by the state and uh, it's, it can be crazy at times. But the, the, so there's incentive for um, like, you know, somebody that's wanting to produce alcohol to go to certain places. There's got to be, you know, certain states because there's now it's now a lure to go to oh, this state because I can produce this alcohol there and i think know. i think uh they're big states it's not like you know we're not talking about like you know connecticut and, and massachusetts they're big yeah uh they're absolutely big states i think uh with ease of law um ease of manufacturing alcohol goa is a state in india where a lot of distilleries um a lot of um, small scale to large scale distilleries uh, set up their unit uh but i think uh, we have a lot of distilleries spread across we've been We've been distilling and making liquids since 1820, um, you know, um, so I think uh, every state has got its own distillery um, or many distilleries, which are not probably known outside. They're not very yeah. regional. They just keep doing it. And yeah, so that's how it is. That's great. So tell us, I mean, everybody's been drinking out there, hopefully, because you're going to get another one at the end. So um, drinking out there. So tell us about this um, single malt that you're now launching in the United States with Impacts. So um, this single malt, um, Indri, um, uh, is the inaugural, the first expression, the expression is called a strini. Uh, so if you see at the bottom of the uh, canister or the bottle, it's written trini over there. Uh, trini in Sanskrit or Indian, uh, the, the language from which a lot of Indian language comes, uh, which is called a Sanskrit, uh, means a three wood. Uh, so it's uh, it's a liquid that is a marriage of uh, liquids matured in X bourbon X red wine and XPX cask. Uh, so it's like a triple wood finish. Um, so what we have done over here is that we have drawn liquids from three different types of woods, put it together and let it marry for a while, uh, for about a month, 40, 45 days before we bottle it across. So okay. there's nice interaction yeah. between the liquid and then we do it across. 
the average age on the liquid is about um, uh, if you use liquids from five, six, and seven years. And for a for a, for a tropical climate like that's us, that's pretty old. That's pretty old. Yeah, that's pretty it old. really is. Um, but then, I thought you were going to say, like, you know, two, three, and four. <laughs> to be honest with you, because no, I mean it tastes great, but I'm just like because that's that's it, the way um, um, the way uh, barreled spirits age in India is is com- is completely different than what it age in like like Kentucky or even even Scotland. Right. Absolutely. So uh, and. Yeah, what, what's, oh, the, yes. what's the type of climate? I, I think have? I think that's a great thing that he brought out. Actually, we have different subclimates or different climates within India. Mm-hmm. So the place where our distillery is located, um, you know, because of the uh, because of the location is it up north, closer to the okay. Himalayas. Uh, we have a subtropical extreme climates, which no other distillery in India probably faces. So it can get as extreme as zero degree Celsius or thirty two degree Fahrenheit in the winters. And in the summers, it can go up to 50 degrees Celsius or 122 degree Fahrenheit. Yeah. So we are talking about that extreme and everything that goes in between that. Right. So um, what's we, your percentage of loss for angel share? Then? Oh, the first year we lose close to 12, 13, 14 percent. Wow. And then it goes down to 10 percent. On an average, we lose about 10 percent every year uh, from our barrels. So if you're trying, you start with a seven, you're talking about a seven year old barrel. I mean, you, you know, 12, 15 percent the first year and then 10 percent every subsequent year you're down below half a barrel oh of course we're definitely below half a barrel in that. and then yeah. the liquid is some of but the it's barrels, concentrated it gets like this it, it gets concentrated we lose uh i think we lose a lot of water as well yeah uh, because it is not a uh, humid heat that goes through a large part it's dry heat and then when it rains it becomes a little more humid so we have many climates um uh, that that goes in within a year and a lot happens to the barrel um, so a seven-year-old liquid, uh, probably 50, less than 50% of the barrel is what you're going to find. Um, and our biggest fear is that it might turn very tannic and woodier right. uh, as it, as it goes at six, seven, become a church pew. Yeah, like right. So uh, <laughs> I did taste some, some older liquids from different barrels and yes, the wood kind of dominates. Yeah, it takes over. So for us, uh, uh, for us, the biggest challenge as a distillery is going to be as to how we are going to create expression where we are still going to showcase the other flavors and let uh, the wood not overtake the other flavors across. So that's what you guys have been sipping on. What do you think? Yeah. There's a, there's a definite, you get the citrus fruit that comes in there after you get the red wine, you get a little bit of sweetness from the PX gas is definitely still there. Um, I, I liked it. If you add a little water to this too, it it, it should open up. I haven't done that yet, but it's seen my colleagues up here um, adding. It should though. Yeah, I. It's it's funny when I added the water, I got this flavor of of orange and black tea. Mm-hmm. And now here I'm looking at this and I'm seeing black tea on the nose. So it's interesting. I, I wasn't getting that before, and then I added the water and it got that beautiful. What's this? Black what's tea. the ABV on this? 46, 46, 46%, non-chill filtered, no added colors, no added flavors. Um, And we've kept it really true. Yeah. Yeah. Water to that, man. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Mm. Until I was watching you do it. I didn't even think to do that before. So that's, that's a a nice little, nice little treat to, to kick off this peer pressure. Peer pressure. pressure, Yeah. yeah. I'll follow you right off the bridge. <laughs> just be careful he's not behind you pushing you <laughs> um but no but the, like so what what when we get this uh joshua what what is the what is the range of 
price going to be for the average price for the U.S. market, you think? This is the beautiful thing about this whiskey is it should be right around $55, maybe a little less, maybe so a little like more. Under but like, 60, like safe yeah, under, say 60 under 60 bucks. bucks. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Right? For, yeah, very nice. for a five to seven year old single malt, non-chill filtered with this impact, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I think that's a really good, I yeah. think that's a really good price point. I yeah. think it's a really good deal. And I think it's one of those type of things is that that's the way you're going to probably Indian whiskey and Taiwanese whiskey and, you know, whiskeys of the world as impacts will, will tell you are, are gaining momentum and gaining acceptance. So coming in at a price where people can go like, I've never had Indian whiskey before. Oh, that's under 60 bucks. Oh, well, I'll try that one. You know, so that's where you, you can get some uh, consumers because we, we all know, uh, you know, especially Jay here and Joshua know that it's liquid, liquid on lips is how you sell whiskey uh, for everybody. Because I can describe this whiskey and, and, and until I go to sleep at night, but until you try and, you know, taste is a very personal thing. Mm. Um, and that's why we try not to tell people too much what they're tasting because we don't want to lead them down a primrose path of what they should be tasting. But um, we only give usually the high notes that it's, it's so obvious you, you, you can't miss it and let everybody else discover whiskey on their own because I think that's the way um, you develop your palate, and that's the way you develop how you like to drink whiskey. I think. Should we so. dis- should we discover the others and then come back and and uh, yeah, absolutely. Visit, I mean, uh, so we're like, more? I was like, we're only going to try one whiskey tonight, and, and and no offense, I that's great, but I've gathered all these people here to try one whiskey tonight, and I think it's good that they're getting a sort of a sneak peek at what's coming in, and I'm so grateful that you're actually here. So, uh, Manu, so that we can, you know, we can discover this. I think you're going to come on a radio show tomorrow too. I think yeah. it's, it's a, I think, I think Jay's probably got you put up in a hotel somewhere close by. <laughs> <laughs> You'll meet Randall yes. who will, will, will go through some really cool stuff with you on that too. So, but that being said, I said, okay, boys, what are we going to try? Else are we going to try? And of course, uh, Joshua and Jay uh, decided to, to open up, to expand our vocabulary here tonight. So what do we got boys? I think it, it only is most fitting since we're, since we're introducing and previewing a whiskey from, from India and, and opening up more the door of the world whiskey category that we do uh, a few others to kind of do a little bit of around the globe and take a little bit from everything and kind of see, uh, you know, where, uh, where things are going to be similar, where they might be a bit different and, you know, it's not just uh, the game of scotch anymore. And that's, that's a pretty nice thing to, to get, to get the rest of the world influence out there. So we have a little bit of a, of a range, um, kind of what we did when we had a, a little, uh, round table discussion back oh, in the winter. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We did yep. uh, a road show. Yeah. Uh, don't forget that'll probably be October rocketing calendars. Looks like it's going to be October 29th. Okay. It'll be road show whiskey road show this year. So beauty. Yeah. All right. All right. So, do we go Where back we to the beginning? Yeah, let's let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, beginning. Want me to start kick it off? at yeah, the start? Why don't you start at the start? Off? We'll start at the. We're, we're going to go back to the beginning. Yeah, begin at the begin. We're going to begin at the beginning. Okay, yeah. Doc Brown, let's go. I like this. <laughs> so, this may be a review, uh, a reviewed whiskey for some of you because we have poured some from this distillery in the past. Although I don't know if we've poured this exact expression before, but we're going to start things off with the Oishi distillery. So uh, that's in slot one, everybody. 
So number one, uh, so we're, we're, we're make sure the arrows pointing towards you. I should have started there, but make sure the arrows pointing towards we're gonna, you. We're re-beginning in Japan. Um, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to dial back with a different uh, set of taste buds now, but I think this is going to be still a really, this is going to be really interesting to start with this and then move yeah, right? and then go back to it. Uh, so we're going to start in Japan. We're not going to start in Japan with a malt though. So it's, this is the only whiskey uh, of this lineup of this evening that is not going to be using malt spirit instead we're going to be looking at rice distillate so some of you may be familiar uh, familiar with the fucano distillery that uh, we featured a few times here at the store um especially a, a couple of new new expressions during go whiskey weekend so we should distillery like fucano all rice distillate we are looking at uh at that number one spot there brandy cask now this is a non-age stated whiskey uh average it's it's changed well it's it it's kind of run the gamut with right. with the idea of consistency right so it's for, ready when it's ready it's ready is when it's ready but there was a period of time when it was you know seven to eleven years old and then six to twelve and then there was a little four to nine and it was whatever you, whatever was needed right and that's kind of the beauty of a non-age dated whiskey you can play around if your target is to maintain a specific flavor profile. flavor profile. Yeah. So it's all about the flavor profile, yeah. whatever fits that, whatever we, we can use to make that play, flavor profile is what you should use. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. Um, and you have a, you have a, some nice room to play when you're working with rice. Cause it's a very, it yields a very, very clean spirit. So the way that you pull flavors and, and your properties from the cask, you end up with a, just a really, a really unique whiskey even though that not everyone thinks of rice being a, something that we would work with to create but it is a whiskey, a grain. It can be. But, it, but it is a grain. Um, and you just have a different interaction with that spirit to the cask. And while, you know, there's such a unique uh, production with, with injury using six row barley, you look at how rice is used and rice is applied into this spirit. Um, it's a whole different set of, of, of looking at how you can create spirit like this. Um, it's a pot distillation but when we think of Scotch whiskey, we typically think of the two, in some cases, the three times distilled. This is one single distillation. That's that, it. That this, that this distillery is using for, for their spirit run. So uh, in, one, in one step, they're getting all their alcohol. And because they are using koji bacteria, which would be the same bacteria that you'd be utilizing for your soy sauce uh, or your miso. So even if you've never had it before, you probably, or thought you've had it before, you probably have, especially if you obviously you've ever had soy sauce. With the fermentation process, this koji bacteria is used and that mixing with the way that they're gonna distill their liquid, they're able to get this very clean spirit in this single run. And there's none of those really, uh, really off-putting uh, bad compounds that we need to be removing when we think so, of- But it's still doing like a heads and tails type thing, correct? No? Just a straight just run, straight run, straight run all the way through. Yeah, it's, they don't really have to be concerned with it. Just the ethanol, no methanol. Okay. Yeah, p- uh, part of it just just to chime in here just a little bit is you know back to the comparison of of Scotch whiskey, right? What's whiskey? You make a beer, you distill it, and you put it into cask. With this, they're making a sake that you would then distill and put into cask, but your fermentation time is different. With single malt, you're 48, 60 hours, 72 hours fermentation. With this, it's three weeks. And, the firm, and, and it goes up to 17, 18% alcohol by comparison, a wash. Is that it. because it's using a bacteria instead of a, of a 
a yeast because it Yeast is different, right? Well, uh, part of it is how they're. I'm sorry, I realized I just took your show. No, no, yeah, okay. I, I, um, I think that's part of the roundtable. Oh, is yeah, the, there is you the go. discussion. Okay, okay. Uh, no, it's so it's about stepping over people, Josh. You know that <laughs> he's just going. He's just going over the bridge anyway. Later, so so anyway, so anyway, so anywho, so you know when you when when you're working with rice, you can refine your flavors by how much you refine the rice kernel the more of the shell Polishing. you take off, right? Yeah. So they don't take off a lot. They leave about 90% of the rice remaining, which means there's a ton of starch. And that starch turns into fermentable sugars, more fermentable sugar than you would get out of barley. And because you're fermenting for a longer time and right. it's sort of a two-step you're pulling process, everything out, really. you're pulling everything out. And if you think about sake anyway, most sakes are going to be 13, 14, 16, you know, higher ABV. But kind of like um, cognac or, or armagnac, they're, they're making a sake you wouldn't want to drink. They're making a sake to distill, just like cognac. They're making a wine you wouldn't want right. to drink. It's it's a wine to distill. Correct. And so that 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 and so the use of the koji within the fermentation process sort of eats away at anything that can turn into those bad compounds that that Jay had talked about. And not only is it a single distillation with zero cuts, they re they retain all of the liquid. It's a stainless steel still. There's zero copper being used right. because the copper need is needed to, to right, clean right, anything clean off. Right. So it's it's really, and then when you taste it, you taste how clean and soft and light and buttery the spirit is. And that's just this unique, unique Are they process. doing uh, any, what, what type of barrels are they using for this? This is all brandy. All brandy barrels. All brandy, okay, yeah. so that's the flavor I'm getting. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting a nice clean flavor, I'm getting some good fruit to this too. But I'm also getting, I was getting something else. And I was like, I I almost wanted to say like, you know, like cognac. And I was wondering, it that, cognac. And basically, it cognac. right. And yeah. so you get that sort of flavor with it. Um, that's finishing it. And it's showing through because it's such a clean spirit mm -hmm. that the barrel character is, is definitely showing up in this. And it's quite pleasant. Yeah. It's, you know, what's great for, it's great for a day like today. It was like, I walked out, it was like an oven outside <laughs> and, you know, but it's like that light spirit with some nice light flavors that, that are going on, but they're very flavorful. Yeah. But it's, there's no heavy flavors going yeah. on in that either. So um, great, great one. In fact, I think if you're in, in plenty, plenty enough of flavor to put this on ice and uh, uh, oh, know, yeah. a nice cube of ice on oh, this it, too. it makes a killer highball. As yeah. Well. Oh, that's, oh, yeah. that's the other yeah. thing I was thinking of yeah. is making a highball with this. So yeah. Joshua, how, how is the temperature? It's from, uh, from, uh, Fuka uh, sorry, which region is it? Uh, uh, so Oishi is in the Kumimoto province. So South of Hongshu, which is the, the main Island. And, and, uh, does the temperature affect, uh, the whiskeys over there, or the barrels over there? Or the, what do the they aging? use? Yeah. Aging? The, the, the climate, is pretty close to the climate in Kentucky. So in the summer, it's going to be real hot and humid and sort of gross. That's going to sort of a milder winter. Yeah, and then a milder winter. Idea. So you very similar to the climate where, where a lot of bourbon is matured. Sure. What do you guys think of this? I mean, is this some of your first times having basically a rice whiskey? What do you think? Yeah, it's got a good sweetness to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. can taste yeah. it. And I, what's that? A lot of fruitiness. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's neat. I, I, you know, for somebody, um, for people that have never had a, a, a rice whiskey, I think it's not neat because I think when people see it on the shelves, they get a little like, wait a minute, is this sake? Is this, you know, they, they start questioning what yeah. they're going to have. And then they're wondering if it's going to be any type of good. Yeah. Um, 
but the, the ones that I've had have been, have been excellent. I've had some really bad ones too. I must admit. Uh, right. I mean, in that's like any, anything, any category, right? any, you category. Go, any category, you, go. you know, the, the other interesting thing about this is when we think of, of Japanese whiskey production, it's usually focused on single malt, right. Which started in 1923, right. This distillery was built in 1872. Fukano was 1824. So you're dealing with something that's a bit more traditional by comparison to sort of modern sensibility or thoughts. Still uh, predating what we think of the whiskey uh, by the, uh, some of the larger houses that, you know, people are, are seeing more established. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So now let's go to number two. So now we're going to go to the Mediterranean. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've, we've, we, uh, were some of you here when we've had everybody from M, uh, M&H in? That was a really great, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, it still is. You know, and this is a good starting point. Anybody that's interested in seeing what Israeli, I mean, they're defining, they're in the process right now of defining what Israeli whiskey is going to be. I was really excited to, to, to right? get to see this, especially since if we're going to re- revisit the injury looking at two very, very hot climates where the, where the mm. climate is so significant in shaping the end product. Yeah. So to be able to get an idea of something where that's happening in two different kinds of malts um, to see again, where they're, where they're similar and where they might be taking a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it, Ryan, that's an interesting point you bring up where, where you, where you think milk and honey is, is setting the stage for what Israeli single malt could be. And I'd actually argue against that. Good. Because I've, I've tasted. Like a good argument. <laughs> and another thing. Because no, I've tasted whiskey both from um, the Golani distillery mm-hmm. and uh, Yerushalayim distillery. Um, and they're, they're wildly different. Golani whiskeys are crazy. It is crazy in a bottle. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's. Did they mean to do that? Yeah, they did. That's okay. That's kind of cool. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't come across as what you think of from a, a single malt palate, where milk and honey really wanted to tip their hat a bit to what Scotland was doing, following, okay. you know, three years minimum in, in a cask sort of rule, working with Dr. Jim Swan, who helped right. so many other distilleries, not just in, in Scotland and oh all over. Yeah, I would argue that the, the Dead Sea, sea, skulls, skulls, the Dead sea, are, the yes. Dead sea whiskey is crazy that they do. <laughs> yeah, I, I might argue go. that one too. Um, but you know, but what but, it is too, that we're not going to see most of that other whiskey is never going to like. You, you, we're talking about world stage now too. Yeah. So um, most of that whiskey is never going to see outside of Israel. Are they? Are they? Are they? No, they're, they're, where are they? Are they? Are they? Israel are they is in, not a huge market for them. They're, no, no. Where are I'm, they selling it? Um, the U.S., France, the Netherlands. Can we get that? Poland. Here? I haven't had. You guys are gonna have to get me some then, because I haven't had that. Which one? The 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 other uh, Israeli whiskey. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. Because oh, I've had M and H, and M and H, I think yeah, is yeah, like yeah. you know. The, yeah. Now no. I think of them. Well, it's only because of impact. Sir, they are now worldwide <laughs> and renowned uh, because no, of impacts. Golani has had a, twenty bucks now. Golani has had a couple <laughs> expressions come yeah. in here and right. there. But John, you you bring up a really good point. Um, with the Dead Sea release being sort of wild and wacky. So, so while they want to honor a tradition that, you know, started in Scotland or Ireland, you, you can duke out who, who started it. They really wanted to nod to that tradition while using some of the unusual 
qualities of Israel. Back to what we were saying with India having so many different climate zones, Israel has five different climate you, you zones. You want to work with right? them rather yeah. than fight them. I mean, that's the thing, right? Same thing with the Indian whiskey. You got you to gotta work with it. You can't fight it. Yeah. You're going to lose. Yeah. It's nature. Yep. Yep. You're right. going to lose. Yeah. So, so with this one, this is their classic. This is sort of the, their house malt. Most everything is, is built off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's primarily um, ex-bourbon cask matured, a little bit of STR casks, if you're not familiar with that. Portuguese red wine cask that where they shaved out the old char on the inside, toasted the cask, and then recharred it. Um, so French oak recharred. You get right. the wine sugars that sort of crystallized. It's still in process. there. The wine sugars in there. You're not getting. You're not getting the, the charcoal. You're getting a toastiness. Exactly. The toastiness gives a different type of flavor. This is, goes also really. Uh, Doctor Swan loved this. Mm-hmm. Um, this barrel type, and almost did. every distillery that he has had his hand in, most of them you'll see in SDR. Be- because it was his thing. Because right? it's good too. I mean, yeah, but it's his thing. It's, it's thing can be okay because it's good. Yeah, right. Yeah, it really yeah. it's tried and true. It, it does work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so this one, everything is matured in Tel Aviv, and you're looking at a similar angel share to what Madhu was talking about. Um, starting off at around 12, 13 percent in the first year, and then it averages to nine to 10 percent angel share year over year. Um, this is their house style. It's it's sweet. It's rich. It's got a really nice mouth. I'm an M H fan. I like yeah. their stuff. I do really yep. do like their stuff. And I, I I think you know, like I said, working with that climate and what they're what they're what they're getting out, I think is really good. Um. Yeah. And it shows. Yeah. Quality shows. Yep. You know, you can do whatever you want, but if the quality's not there. It breaks down pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and this is the, the cool thing about M&H. And maybe the last thing I'll say, um, Tomer Gorn, who is their distiller and, and head, head distiller and blender, um, is an absolute whiskey dork. Yeah. Right. He, he, live, he lives on a, on a kibbutz and he's been doing home brewing, home distilling. Uh, his whiskey collection rivals probably yours and mine combined everybody in here combined um and, and that's that's how he approaches whiskey making from a whiskey enthusiast standpoint and he refuses to be called master blender master distiller because for him this is just this is passion this isn't schooling this is passion and i think that's a really cool way of approaching um you know the design of a whiskey yeah i think yeah. it's really good i love it what do you guys think m and I mean, some, I, I'm looking at some of the faces in the crowd. I know a lot of you have had the m and already, so um, good stuff. It does yeah. grow on you. Yeah. It, it really does. It's yeah. a, yeah, it does grow it's on It's like you. a fungus. They make a, they make, <laughs> they, make, they make a cream for that, though, which is yeah, nice. Well, you know, you know, the, uh, you were talking about the nod to the Irish and the mm. Scottish. You know, what I always say is that the Irish invented whiskey, the Scots perfected it, but took the English to tax it and mix up all the fun. <laughs> so, so that's fair. It's a different three tier system. You guys all make it. We're just going to tax the hell out of it. Thank you very much. Unfortunately, the US said, Hey, that's a great idea. Let's tax that. Um, so uh, that's really good. Now we're going to go, we're going back to Scotland. We're we'll back to Scotland. Um, we're going to Scotland for the first time, but back to the ancestral roots system, so to speak. And, yes. and, uh, and we're going to look at a, a Two two whiskeys that uh, okay. that do have the age on them. So 
you know, for, there's been so much great things coming from around the world that have shown that you don't need to be old to be good. And, and, you know, between injury being that range of, um, you know, five, six, seven, uh, and, you know, thereabouts to, uh, M and H being three to four. So it just proves that, you know, age is great, but it's by no means just the only thing that's out there, but we are going to look to two different 12 year old single malts, both uh, coming from the same, uh, not quite the same producer, but the, the, the same, uh, released by the same house, at least. So we're going to start with a single malt from Glen Allocky, uh, their 12-year-old. Um, and I think that's uh, it's fitting. Um, three. Number three. Number I three. think it's fitting uh, how, and I'm going to let Madhu talk about this when we revisit the injury, that uh, Glen Allocky in its, in its earlier years, and it's not a very old distillery by Scottish terms, uh, you're only looking at the 70s when when this distillery was built. So, you know, when you look to the others that are back to the you know, mid and early 1800s, right. this, this distillery is still kind of a baby. It's not the new kid on the block by any means, but um, but it's certainly on the newer side. But operating that's sort of a storied history here in the United States because it's been available, not been available, been available, not yeah. been available. So it's really been knocked around a lot. And when you see them, you know, I always tell guys, uh, get it because you may not see it again. And, uh, and I've had very few expressions with them. I go, geez, that was bad. I, you know, that's like, <laughs> it's, it's like non-existent. Every, every one I like, I have my favorites, yeah. but none of them I've ever had have been slouches. But uh, so for this, it, it is their single malt. It is their, it is their name on it. Now, prior to this whiskey being it's a single malt, and we're going to get to showcase that, everything they're producing was going back into a blend of some sort. And that is the McNair's that we'll get to one of those brands that was a blended, that was a blended whiskey under, under their umbrella. Um, but it wasn't until time had passed and they took on new ownership uh, from, from, uh, from, from Billy Graham. Um, Walker. 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 Yeah. Not, not, not Graham. Okay. Thanks, Joshua. I'm going to, I'm going to keep you on the bridge. Hallelujah, everybody. Hallelujah. (laughs) Stay on the bridge. But it wasn't until he bought the distillery um, and, and started doing what he does best. And, and obviously it's a very, for those of you who've already had whiskeys from, from Glenallachie, they're very fond of their sherry casks. So you're going to put this right up there naturally with Billy coming from Glendronic and other distilleries that when he had sold off to to Brown Foreman, like Ben Riek, like Glen Gloss, uh, they, they like their sherry casks yep. and Glen Allocky is certainly no exception. So this 12 year old is a mixture of, uh, of actually a little bit of brand new oak that you see. Uh, you have some Oloroso being used some Pedro Jimenez being used. Uh, and the last component would be uh, wine. Yeah. A little, a little bit of Rio. Rioja. Rioja. Yeah, yeah. A little, add a little dryness to the finish. And I think yep. this just makes for a very nice for, for me at the very, at the very, be, uh, the very beginning Fruit and spice. Mm. Get some fruit and spice. You get a, you get a lot of baking. You get some of that baking spice in there too. I think with this, you get a lot of that round red fruit in here from the wines. Um, so when everybody, because it, it's already arrived, pumpkin spice is here. <laughs> but like when you start talking about fall flavors, autumnal, autumnal flavors, this is the type of of for me to be clear. This apple, is not. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice glenallocate. No, it's not. But uh, what I'm getting at is that what I'm getting at is these type of flavors, these richer sort of flavors, start pulling on my 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 yeah. autumnal uh, desire to be into fall. Can I, really quickly, let me tell you a story. I think about this all the time. That you like pumpkin spice. Us, that I love pumpkin spice. No, when 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 my when Looking my for my bat. I'll be right back. 
when when my when my youngest daughter was maybe eight years old or so, I I had a sherried whiskey. It wasn't a Glenallic; it was something else, maybe Glenfarclas. And I and I said, mm, "Would you smell that? What, what does it smell like?" And the thing she said, she said, "It smells like autumn. It smells like leaves and on the yeah. ground." And I'm like, no, "I think so. that's awesome, right?" And and Beautiful. and that's exactly what you're that's talking right. about. Yeah. Yep. It needs to be about 40 degrees cooler <laughs> for me to enjoy. But like, I love Glen Elohim uh, a lot. Do we, do we still have upstairs? Because I know some things have changed. They still do the tent, the tent, the upper strength ten. Yes. That is okay. So I know we're trying the 12 and this is beautiful. This is more elegant. This is a uh, more elegant whiskey. And like I said, optominal because Randall loves that word. So I'll use it on him. He's not here today. Um, but um I love that cast strength 10 Yeah, is a killer. It's two years younger, but man, that that's, I think uh, that is like, when you say, you say a flagship of a yeah. whiskey, yeah. that is definitely a flagship of a whiskey. So when you see that one, um, that's definitely one. If you're trying to make up your mind, say, I want to try to get a look. You've had this now you've had liquid on lips. So you know what this tastes like, but you know, like that's the one where people are like, Oh, I've never had it before. I go here, try the 10. Yeah. But the 12, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. 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 You know, I think the kids refer to that as tasting like fire in a good way. Oh, yeah. that's fire. I think that's fire. what the kids say. Is that fire. what the kids say? That's what the kids say. Right. That's what they say. No better than I do. I guess. <laughs> that's delicious. I like that. <laughs> this one tastes of more. Of more. Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. It's Moorish. Mm. Some, mm. some Moorish. Mm. That's good. I like that one. Yeah. All right. So typically this had been used as a component for blended whiskey. Yeah. And you have an example of that tonight. Yeah, so so this one's called McNair's, and and McNair's actually used to be a fairly popular blend, a blended malt, and and it was owned by Pernod Ricard, who used to own the Glenallachy Distillery, and they also owned another blend called um, White Heather. And when Billy Walker purchased the Glenallachy Distillery, it came with these brands, McNair's and White Heather. McNair's being blended malt, White Heather being a blended Scotch, right? So so malt and grain. And they got, I shouldn't say they got rid of it, but they let it go to him because it was a product that was not being used anymore. So he, so he got the name. And Blaise, you're going to have to pay him for the source anyways. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to pay him for his whiskey. So skip it. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, uh, I can tell you three of the four components. There's only four malts in here. I'm not allowed to talk about the fourth one, and I can't even confirm that the fourth one may be from Speyside and start with an M or something like that. But uh, I cannot confirm. What does that, that say? I missed that. What was well, that? I, I don't know. Spill so, secrets. So, um, <laughs> so there are there are four malts in here, three of which are Glenallachy. So you get your Speyside yep. going on, and then you've got two Islas. You've got Kalila and Bamor. Um, and then there's that that fourth distillery, which is a space side distillery, very famous for using a lot of sherry casks and being very expensive. Oh, <laughs> McLuhan, <laughs> McGruff, the crime, McGruff, the, the crime, crime dog. dog. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So right, and so this this gets this gets to back to not Billy Graham, not Jay. Billy Graham, no. Well, wow, it's a religious experience. <laughs> Don't put that out. It's Hallelujah. Really, Hallelujah. Uh, We're going to walk it out. <laughs> this gets back to Billy Walker, right? This is a <laughs> this is a gentleman who's been in the industry celebrating 50 years this year. And a good number of those years has been as a blender. And 
you know, when we, when we think of single malts, we never equate a single malt to a blended product. Meanwhile, single malt, unless it's a single cask, is always a blended product. It's just a blend of malt whiskeys from a single Same distillery, distillery right? right? And with McNair's, this gives Billy Walker the opportunity to show off his blending skills a bit more, play around with other distilleries to highlight, you know, to, to accentuate certain flavors. And, you know, just really quickly back, back to the Glen Allocky bit. One of the reasons why Pernod Ricard sold the distillery off to Billy is, yeah. well, previously they, they, they sold him some other distilleries like uh, Benriac and so forth. And one of the things that, that Billy liked about Glen Allocky was in his previous life, he would work with the spirit for some of the other blends that he did. Okay. So we understood that spirit. And then he understood how to put that in with McNair's, right? So this is a guy who's using 50 years of experience to create some really, really beautiful whiskeys. You can taste the Kalila in there, right? Mm. Okay, you ready? You guys ready for Joshua to get mad at me? So, <laughs> damn it, Ryan. So, in this, in this, there's a very distinct flavor that comes across to me. And do you guys, they have to be a certain age set. Do you guys remember chloroseptic? Oh my gosh, yes. All right. So, I was addicted to that stuff. <laughs> but it More. had, a, yeah, but it had a, I think anybody that was addicted to that loves, Space uh, loves uh, Isla whiskey. Yeah, because there is a occasionally you will get almost a exact imprint of chloroseptic yeah. in some of the Islas, and then this one, it's not a, it's not overwhelming, but it's there, right? Well, one of the nice things about yeah, the I was just like, no one likes no, chloroseptic. No, no. He's like, because you know, that's usually it. Most no people like nobody likes chloroseptic. Go, what are you talking about? Well, one of the nice things about chloroseptic was that there was this this sort of cherry, this delicate cherry flavor that came with right, it. I always right? get the really bad one. I didn't get the, my family didn't get the cool flavored one. Wow. We got the regular chloroseptic, <laughs> which was like the yellow stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. was the red. Yeah, you get the red. You were, you were, yeah. you were high class. Yeah. We got the, we got the, we got the yellow one, which had, the, but that's the flavor. It uh, still okay. was in the, it still was in the red one, yeah. but it was masked by the, like the, the, the fake, cherry, the yeah, fake yeah. terrible cherry. But, but, it, that there's a flavor component in there that that mimics that, and this is what we always talk about: flavor being um, memory-inducing, um, you know, smells mm. and flavors, and it, everything is tied to your memory. So this one always pops to me right away because you know I I was an asthmatic as a kid, so I, I was sick. I, I would have chloroseptic, so this one actually you know triggers it. And usually think it would be bad, but it wasn't because yeah. that was the only thing that saved me at some days, like. <laughs> You know, to having a sore throat or whatever. So but. what you're saying is, whenever you're in trouble, you're gonna pour a lumreek. That sounds a good. McNair's lumreek. Yeah, there sure. Why not? Perfect. Lumreek saves lives. What? What? Yeah. What? what, what <laughs> saves lives. Here's another thing: is like, you know, what? What could it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, you get to, you start looking at things and like, that probably won't cure it, but you know, what? What will it really hurt? Yeah. Awesome whiskey. Hmm. I like that one. That's good. You get. What do you guys think of that? I mean, if you don't like smoke, it's probably not, you know, it's like Pete or anything like that. It's probably, probably not in your wheelhouse, but it's, it's put together very well. I will tell you that. And, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's no burn on this at all. It's really nice. Yeah. And this is, uh, I, I love that slowly, but surely 
the stigma around the word blended is being removed. People are getting over that. We would have been there sooner. I think we would have been there a lot sooner if we had stuck with vatted. Oh, agreed. Mm. Agreed. Okay. We we, we ended up, let's make things clearer. Blended scotch and blended malt did not make anything clearer to the, to the average person looking at the whiskey shelf. When we had blended scotch and we had a batted malt, all of a sudden you understood that the vatting putting together of the single of malts, single malts, I think makes a lot more sense. It's a shame the SWA but, didn't, didn't consult us about this. I mean, I feel like, I feel like we would have been. If it makes you feel any better, I've insulted the, the, to his face uh, at the time, <laughs> the, head, the head of the uh, Scotch Malt Whiskey Association. So if it makes you feel any better. But it, but it, did, it definitely had a, a, a clearer, cleaner delineation. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's easier to explain vatted because everybody thinks of vat and you throw stuff in a vat. Yeah. You know, keep all the same stuff in there. Blended meant that you were using grain. But you know what? I digress. Anyways, um, I use a better word, married. Married Married. is a good one. I like that. I use it one when we do barrels. We use micro batch. A micro micro batch. That's only like two, three barrels put together. That's what I've been doing a lot of lately. Um, Now we come full circle because we would took we took. I'm just gonna put this out. We took a tasting that was only supposed to have one whiskey. <laughs> do it right, and we made it five, and then we said, "What the hell? Let's try the first one again." So we made it six. six. All right, so this was a free tasting. Everybody got their money's worth. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm so glad that we did this twice. Once at the beginning, once at the end, because this tastes totally different now. You get yeah. a different, a lot of different. Right? Do you guys get that too? The you fruits guys, are the fruit of chopping. Super tropical. Guava, mango. Yep. It's just tropical. Yeah. Sherry. You want a question about the vatting? Oh, when I do micro batching, that 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 is when they're doing when they're talking about vat and malts, they're they're doing it to a very specific ratios. So it might be one barrel of this, three barrels of that. Right. It, it depends on what you're trying to get to. Oh, uh, well, uh, the ratio has not been revealed to us yet. It's just the master blender and, and probably a few people in the distillery who knows about it. But I know that... Uh, the- they're, they're blending for a flavor profile, though. Right. So whatever that whatever it takes to make that flavor profile is what they'll use. So it, it, there's no... There's, there's definitely no set formula. So we, we, are, we, are, uh, we are probably marrying liquids um, of each bat about a um, few thousand liters. Um, so... Um, when you do that, it's about marrying first uh, a lot of ex-bourbon casks of a similar age together, yeah. then marrying a list of uh, wine casks of a similar age together, and then drawing components out of each of them with the PX and trying to bring the consistency in flavor batch after batch to the closest possible thing. So that uh, I think uh, that's why every time when we are producing a batch, uh, the master blender uh, specifically there at the distillery, making sure that he specifically signs off each batch or makes adjustments to it. So there's no fixed ratio of 10, 20, 30, or you know, 40, 50, um, you know, 10. But I know that the PX component is the lowest um, in- uh, PX is the, the lowest, lowest component. In- it goes a long way too. 
it goes a long way. That those strong flavors of PX go a long way. The same thing with anything with with peat in it. it, it you don't have to add a lot for it to make mm-hmm. it start making a difference. You know, we, we talked about the sort of Billy Walker's pedigree and and how it's applied to Glen Allocky and McNair's. Can you talk about your master blender a bit? Right. Um, so our master blender is uh, Surinder Kumar. Uh, so that's his name. So Surinder uh, is used to be the master distiller and blender for Amrut. Um, so he, he was around for 70. He was around till he got retired. He's now past his 70s uh, or late 60s. And uh, he decided. You better get that right. You're going to hear uh, Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Everybody here, this, uh, this is already over in India. Right, right. right. <laughs> I know he's going to whack me if I get back and say, how did he call me? You call me how old? How old, right? No, so he's ears. a young man who got retired. He, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Retired young. <laughs> he retired young, right? So when he retired young, he started uh, consulting a lot of other distilleries. So he started working with us. And then eventually uh, he became the master uh, blender because uh, although we were uh, distilling and maturing a lot of bulk malt spirit and selling it to other distilleries for ages, we needed somebody like him to come together and put uh, the barrels together to create something, right? right? Uh, We have 40,000 barrels with different, uh, each barrel tastes different. How do you create something by putting it together and then you create the batch on batch with the same amount of consistency. That's an art. And we needed an artist. And I think Surinder is a good, good artist who has done some great work for Amrup. Uh, and I think uh, that the liquid, um, what you're tasting. Yeah, he's not done yet, obviously. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's a, a, a good, you know, sort of point to, to have it at this is that if you want, if you want to see something cool, because this is going to be like the first time and they're going to be, they're going to be going through other batches as they go along. I always like to get a distilleries, like, especially even the, even they're blending, even the single malts they're blending. And what they, there's a, this, what we call a drift. Just no matter how hard you try to make it the same, it's never quite the same, but there's smaller differences that you would never taste except over time. So if you got one of these and you put, put some aside and you've got subsequent batches, especially like maybe like, you know, three or four years down the line, you can taste them side by side and you might like the newer one better. You might like the older one better, but there is a, there is a drift, but if you were drinking it right along, you really don't notice the difference. Mm. It's not a, it's sort of a neat thing to do. We've, I've done this with like Johnny Walker and stuff with old Johnny Walker's. It's really sort of neat, but there is a, there's definitely, there's a definite, um, there's a definite DNA but it does drift slightly. Oh, absolutely. I must agree because um, in one of the batches that was produced this year, one batch tasted better than the previous batch that we did, right? And um, we were just wondering as to what uh, what made that batch different. Although the DNA, the characteristics, the flavor profile is almost the same. It was more polished. It was more refined. It was more beautiful, you know? We just learned that they used a different age of a particular um of a particular component of the three woods, right? Right. So uh, while it, I don't understand which one was more, they said that it was just instead of using a five year, we used a five and a half year, and that half year liquid made, made, big it, made, made, made a big difference. And especially, liquid. especially mm. in India, because it is. I don't want to say it's rapid aging, but it's it matures differently. Absolutely. That six months can make a huge difference. You know, where if it was, you know, it may, it would be equivalent to maybe it could be equivalent to like a year or more. Oh, yeah. If you did, if you did, year. if you did in in like Kentucky or something like that. Absolutely, I, I think, I think six months, especially if it's a summer, uh, or an onset of summer, and then you you pass through the summer, which is like 
40, 40, 45, 50 degrees Celsius, which is like, let's say 100 to 120 or 90 to 120. The whiskey yeah, goes through really long through. through. Yeah. And at the end of six months, we've been, we've been talking, hey, let's see how this casks uh, is now and probably in by December. Let's see how it's developing. So we are looking at changes every three or four months to our cask. Yeah, you yeah. have to because it's going so fast. fast. Right. Yeah, you have to. I, I, as Joshua said, I'm really glad we did it this way because coming back to this whiskey afterwards, I'm tasting a ton of different stuff that yeah. I did not taste the first time around. Yeah, you, you've got context. You've got context with your palate yeah. to just find other things that you didn't. What did you guys before. think? Same? Yeah. Right? Right? So everybody has to buy um, one of each of these bottles and uh, to taste it properly. <laughs> you have to go each time you're ready to drink. The, the Indian whiskey, you'll have to go back and try the other one. You'll need first. two bottles of the injury to keep, injury up, to with. keep up with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, because it has to be yes, bookmarked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, go ahead. Oh, there, there was a question over oh, here. Question? Question? Can, you say what type of can you say what type of red wine casks? Uh, I'm doing uh, that for the people at home. Right. Uh, so all these are French red wine casks. Some of them are from the Bordeaux region. Some of them not. Uh, but we know that uh, all of them are French red wine casks because we also have some white wine casks. And we, we are seeing how that liquid is turning around. Um, so these are red wine casks from France. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, um, Special editions. We are, we are currently um, uh, importing some port casks. Uh, we are importing uh, more Oloroso and Sherry, a PX Sherry casks. Um, uh, the master surrender is currently in Portugal and Spain as I'm traveling over here. He's over there um, shopping for uh, some more casks uh, because uh, bourbon casks is, today is a, it's, 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 it's so expensive. Uh, forget expensive. It's quite unavailable, right? Because everybody uh, else is using, everybody else is using them up and there is a great demand for bourbon because the prices have tripled over the last couple of years. Um, and uh, so we are we are trying that uh, we are also doing some str casts which uh, uh, which is being done now um, also something that we have been uh, maybe i can say is that uh, some indian grown turo barley is also being experimented at the distillery uh, so we're oh, doing really? that and seeing how that liquid is changing sure so uh, the distillery is doing a lot of things but it will take us time because you, we're just doing it now, then it has to go through its maturation. Some peated liquids are being, uh, you know, peated malt is being matured now. So uh, we, are, we, are doing, we are doing things at the distillery, but I think it'll take us it's time to, you know, release one expression after right. another. Uh, because I think it's very important to bring in the quality. Uh, because if a customer is paying uh, X amount of money and buying a bottle, uh, might as well make the experience worth it, right? So Absolutely. Right. So that's, that's what well, hey, listen, I want to I, I want to thank all you guys for coming in tonight and doing this for us. I really, really, really appreciate it. I, I'm glad we got to try your whiskey. Um, you know, well, the pleasure is mine. And thanks so much, uh, Ryan. Thanks so much, all of you over here for, for taking effort to support. Thanks, guys. So let's get we're going to get rid of these losers on uh, Facebook. But uh, <laughs> I, will, I will tell you, I will tell you that if all of this, what we just did tonight. Uh, becomes a podcast. It, you can get it on uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify or whatever. It'll be under It's the Liquor Talking, um, and you'll be able to hear that. Uh, Cousin Vinny usually gets those over in a couple of days. So uh, uh, please check out all of our library on, uh, on, on Spotify or wherever you get your stuff because we do our radio shows on there and our Whiskey Wednesdays and our special events like we did tonight. So thank you for all coming, and uh, thank you for coming. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. All right, now let's get rid of these guys.
Yeah. 